Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us for our series entitled Discover Your Design. We believe that God gives every one of us unique gifts, and if we discover what they are and how we can use them to serve others, it can bring incredible fulfillment to our lives. Enjoy this week's message. I want to welcome all of you to week four of a series entitled Discover Your Design. If you're just joining us, let me give you the gist of the last few weeks and let me encourage you if you haven't watched the messages to go back into those messages because as we do in series and especially in a series like this, we have been building week upon week in our understanding of the fact that God has put gifts, he has a purpose, he has a design that he's put on the inside of you And that when you begin to understand that, and then you begin to cooperate with God, that this design and these gifts, they, they don't come from you. They're from his grace in your life. And so it's, it's not, it's not you necessarily, it's him in you, but you have to cooperate with it. And then when you start cooperating with him in those gifts and that purpose and design and calling, you find a sense of fulfillment in life and you sense that you're living for his desires for you, which is the greatest way to live, by the way. When you begin to live every area and every aspect of your life, knowing that you're doing it to please him, you will find a grace and a power and a synergy that's outside of anything that you've ever experienced. And so that's my heart for you. That's my hope for you. And yet when we understand what those gifts are, now we have the responsibility to understand how we can deploy them for his glory, all right? So that's what we're learning in this series. I wanna welcome those watching online. I know we have a considerable amount of our church still watching online. We really have like a few groups of people right now. It's just like an interesting time to be a pastor because we have all of you gathered here with your beautiful faces and smiling at me, which makes me very happy. Uh, And then we also have those people that I can picture through my mind's eye through the screen that are focusing now. They're not getting a cup of coffee. They're not distracted. They're focusing on their pastor right now. Come on, encourage them a little bit. So um, we have all of you and maybe you have a a health compromised in some way, family member, or you're concerned for whatever reason, we're glad you're joining us too. And then we've had a lot of new people just start connecting to what God's doing here at Milestone. And so uh, we're just glad that everyone's along for the ride and we're just gonna keep taking steps together. Really, that's our motto here at Milestone Church is that really together and as individuals, we just wanna take the next step God has for us and, uh, and do it in a way, again, that we honor and glorify him. I'm gonna ask you, if you have your Bibles, to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter four. 1 Peter chapter four. If you're joining us at 1230, you, you, we're excited about what God's doing in that service as well. 1 Peter chapter four, we're gonna look at verses eight through 11. We could read the whole chapter. And by the way, if you're gonna talk about gifts, you have to go to this chapter. We've been in Romans chapter 12, and Romans chapter 12 is such a powerful chapter when it comes to gifts, because it starts with surrender. You have to surrender yourself. By the way, you're never gonna discover your gifts until you first surrender your life to Jesus and realize you're put on this planet to glorify him. And then we've broken down some of the gifts, and we have gotten more and more technical with the gifts. And last week, 
I put a big chart, if you didn't see the message, I put this huge chart and said, here's the listed biblical gifts in Romans chapter 12. And we talked about some of the gifts and we talked about some of the challenges and the differences. If you haven't seen that message, you can watch it. And, and what we're learning as well, which leads me into what I want to talk to you about this weekend, we're learning that it's, it's, it's a combination of things that are happening to discover your design. It's, it's not just understanding the gifts and the technical side, if you will, we're understanding one another. We're, we're understanding the fact, I don't know if you know this, newsflash, you're put on the planet with people different than you. You're in a home with people different than you. My house has is, is, is come under female domination. My son and I were the only males in the house. I grew up in a house with two sisters and then I had three daughters and I have a wife and my son moved to Oklahoma City and he's working in youth ministry at another church and he left me and he abandoned me. And I'm under female domination. I don't get to watch what I want. I don't get to eat what I want. I don't get to control anything in my house. The air conditioner, which is one of my high values, I don't control it. We were driving down the road the night before last, my wife. It's summer, it's summer, and I turn on the air, I'm hot, and it's just kind of warm. Do you ever have this, this major panic moment? Like my air conditioner in my car is broke, and July is coming. And then I realized I didn't push the little green AC thing. So then I hit that and boom, cold air. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, I feel it. I got the glory. And so I turned it up a notch and then I turned it up another notch and I had it going, baby, and it was cold. And all of a sudden I felt like a heat wave. Where's the heat wave coming from? Surely the, the car's not that hot. My wife had the dual control. She's got it on high heat, blowing. I'm like, turn your deal that way like heat in the summer? She's like, look, the Saharan desert's blown in, honey. It's, it's made it colder. I'm like, no, it hasn't. It's made it hazier, but it's not colder. Okay. So I know it's humorous, but look, we all need to get a little moment here to settle ourselves and realize everybody doesn't see the world like you. Everybody doesn't think like you. Everybody is not the same as you. And so to use your gifts, you have to come into that understanding. And so as we've been talking about this, here's some of the feedback. I've gotten feedback through the messages. And by the way, I always love when you send in some good feedback. Don't send the bad. I got enough problems right now as a pastor. But uh, I got some good feedback from a guy named Mike who said, after last weekend, me and my 20-year-old daughter, we had such a connection as we went over the chart that you gave. And we were like talking he said, look, we, were, we, we haven't been around a church like this where you can like bring your faith into practical life. And we had such a connection and she shared with me, dad, I see leadership gifts in you. Dad, I see encouragement in you. And they had like such a moment. That really makes me excited when families are sitting down and they're talking about what the Bible says in terms of their gifting. And so some of you have discovered some things. Some of you have discovered what God's called you to. You're finding some gifts, you're getting some understanding. But some of the feedback that I've received is some of you are saying, I still don't know my gift. Pastor, I, I still don't know my gift. I've been listening to the series. Like I saw them all in Romans 12. I, I still don't know. Well, by the way, you're not weird. Majority of people still don't. I mean, we could preach on this over and over and over. There's the majority of people still struggle with that. 
Marcus Buckingham, who worked with Strings Finders, says that 15%, I don't know what it is, this is before COVID, but like with COVID and we have people in our church that are being furloughed and wondering, is this a transition? We have people that have challenges. We have other people you know, doing better than they've ever done in certain business sectors. And we've got people in all different places. Marcus Buckingham though said, 15% of people are engaged with their job. Like wake up and go, what I'm gonna do today, I know I do to the glory of God because this is how God made me. We gotta increase that percentage. We gotta do better than that. We gotta do better than that. But if you're in that place, you're not crazy and you're not weird and maybe what I'm gonna share with you this weekend might help you a little bit. Because I kind of got to this place in the series and it's like, Lord, I don't want this series to go by without helping every person that can possibly be helped with your help speaking through me, Lord, I want to help people. And here was the thing. I still don't know. People saying, I still don't know. And I had this thought, maybe there's something for just the way our culture is and the way we're wired that we're missing that's keeping us from knowing. And maybe we need to know this, and I want to talk about it for the next few moments, that discovering your design and your gift is more relational than it is technical. It's more relational than it is technical. What do I mean by that? I'm not against any kind of design test. If you go to our GrowTrack 201, we do some gifts assessments. I've taken all the assessments. I don't have any problem with learning more and getting better and figuring out how your gifting works and design and all that. But I will say that even if you took a test that regurgitated out to you, here's your calling, here's your purpose, here's your gift, here it is laid out, for it to fully be developed and deployed and honed and used, there's a relational component. There's a relational component that has to come into play. And maybe God, even in this crazy time we're living in, maybe God's trying to say something to us about that element, that relational element. Because here's a narrative in our culture. If I had the perfect understanding of my gift, if I had the perfect scenario where I could use that gift, If I had the perfect spouse and if I had kids that would listen to what I have to say, and if I had a perfect boss and a perfect community and a perfect world and a perfect situation and a perfect government and a perfect everything else, I'd be flowing, baby. It's not true. It's not true because wherever you are, you're still there. And wherever you go, God still has to do something in you to deploy through you what he wants to bring to the people around you. And that's going to require some relational growing, some relational development. And I know right now there's fears and concerns and people at all different places, but I would like to say that first Peter, you know, You don't have to totally be confused. We all get a little confused from time to time. We all get a little emotional. We all get, but that's why we have the Bible. And you know, when I don't know what to do, I just kind of go with what the Bible says. And man, I'm gonna tell you, 1 Peter chapter four can talk to us. It can speak to us loud. It It can really shout to us this weekend. In a world today where wherever you're coming from, it can tell you what to do. He, he gives us a whole bunch of insight. By the way, Peter, he walked with Jesus and 
Peter was told by Jesus he would face some challenging things. This is written if, if Peter, there's a lot of debate among scholars in the 60s AD, 62, 63 probably some say, maybe a little later. The temple hasn't been destroyed, but their culture is in challenge. They're being persecuted. Did you know some of Peter's friends have been martyred for the gospel? He says here, right before this, he said, the end of all things is near. By the way, I hear people today, man, our world is crazy, you know, Sahara Desert's blowing in, COVID-19, it's the end times. People are like, I think it really is. Did you know, in the New Testament, there's never a problem with believing and looking expectantly to the return of Christ. Never a problem with it. Most of these people believed it would happen in their generation. Nothing wrong. We wait for the day when every knee bows and every tongue confesses when our Jesus comes to rule and reign. We look expectantly toward it. But I'm always saying to people, if you believe it is the end of time or it's not the end of time, a couple of thoughts. Number one, if your reference for it's the end of times is because we've been moderately inconvenienced, that's prideful. Because when you look at these people, they're dying for their faith. So just a little, dial it back. Dial it back. Second of all, if it is the end, what do we do? What are we supposed to be doing? We have all kinds of opinions and thoughts and we live in our little worlds of things. So what do we do? Peter tells us, above all, love each other deeply. Love each other deeply, like go to another level of love for those around you. Love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. You're gonna need that in your house. You're gonna need that in your church. You're gonna need that in your friendships. You're gonna need that in your team. Have a little more love for the people in your life because the same grace you extend, you may want that same grace extended back to you at some point in your life. Love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Offer hospitality without complaining. And here's what it tells us. What do you do? Pastor, I don't know what to do. I've been so disoriented. I don't know where to go. I don't know what's up. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Now, I grew up with the older King James and then we kind of moved to the new King James. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. I just, whatever's the word, I mean, I'm into it. But the, I memorized most of the verses in the older version. So I, I remember this verse and it has one of my favorite little phrases. The new King James calls it the manifold grace of God. You're like manifold grace of God. I don't know. I mean, when I hear the word manifold, I think of some kind of car part, but that's not what it means. If you've ever heard me talk about the power of us together, the power of different people, the, the body of Christ, the power of loving each other deeply. I love in Ephesians where it uses that same phrase and that word manifold is like a picture that we don't get a lot of times, it's a rainbow. Not like when you're in kindergarten where you draw red and green and yellow and orange and it's all like segmented perfectly. 
for a rainbow actually. I had one over my house recently in the middle of all this as a sign of God's promise. It was a full rainbow. It is light or sunlight through the prism of water and it's showing the multifaceted beauty of God. This, this awesome God that we can't even comprehend who is so multifaceted. What he's saying here is when you use your gift to serve others, you display that kind of beauty. Very powerful. If anyone speaks, they should speak or should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever, amen. So when I don't know what to do, I wanna go to the word so it tells me what to do. You say, pastor, what do we do? I would say if you're still looking to understand your gift or you're just looking in general, like what do you do? I think of two words, the relationships in your life. We have complex problems in our world and you alone probably can't solve every problem. But what I can say is you can, among the sphere of influence and relationships you have, offer hospitality without grumbling, love each other deeply, show this kind of love in various forms. So I think about relationships. I think about a word called stewardship. So when people hear the word stewardship, they usually immediately go to, we're talking about money, but actually it's a big theme of the Bible. That when you don't know what to do, steward what you can steward and have influence over. And so I wanna encourage you with how this, this understanding of your gift is relational and sometimes all we think of is technical. We think of the position, we think of understanding it, we get some kind of form to show us, but a lot of times it's more relational. I, I can tell you in my own life, growing in this area, did you know we never stop growing? Having just even a season right now where there's so many things and so many people in so many different emotional places. Did you know what? It's been painful, but it's been growing. There's been times in my own home because we are all up in there cooped together where we gotta be more humble with one another. We're up around each other. You're like, man, whoa. Y'all look at me so religious. Maybe the online people, that's, they're the ones having the problems. Church, team, family. You have to keep telling yourself, okay, wait a minute. I, I need to try to understand what they're saying, what he's saying. It's good to say, I'm sorry, I wanna hear you. I'm, it's, it's a good process. Did you know you could have a great gift on the inside of you, but if you don't know how to get into those relationships with the other people that think different than you and walk that out, your gift could be dormant inside of you. Because to use your gift, it requires serving those other people who don't think like you and are crazy. So God may be saying some things he's saying to me, to you, to say, hey, 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 this may be a path to you growing in your gift, to you developing, to you being used by me, might be a path that's counterintuitive to what you would naturally think. So some of you are saying, okay, if it's more relational than it is technical, help me with it, pastor. How is discovering your gift relational? Number one, because your gift doesn't make you relationally healthy. I mean, I like productivity as much as the next person. 
Nothing greater than, man, being in the zone, using your gift. You've got productivity going. Did you know just because you have productivity and you're in the zone doesn't mean you're healthy? Because you don't, you don't just give your gift and that makes you healthy. You have to bring health to your gift. In our world today, a lot of times we think, man, if they're using their gift, if they're out there, but yet, and using it and there's productivity, then it's healthy. But many times God's saying, look, I don't measure the same way you measure. So many times people, again, I believe we should find our gift. We should flow with what God has for us. We should grow in it. But in the Bible, God accentuates words like humility, like the fruit of the spirit, not just the gifts of the spirit. God accentuates words like wisdom, generosity, grace, love. God accentuates and focuses on things maybe a little different than what we focus on. If you ask our team about leaders and they're all the time talking, I love to be in a church and serving on a team that doesn't just talk about the services, they talk about the people. Because a church is really about the people. And so I get excited about that. So we always talk about it. One of the families that we talk about is the Ryans. You may or may not know the Ryans. They've been in our church for years and they've served in 101 and 301 and every other little area within our church. And I don't know, every department in our church has tried to hire them. He's real gifted. He's got a musical ability. William Ryan III had radio stuff and he's good and he does the DJ thing. His wife's like really powerful at like execution and organizing, getting stuff done. How many of y'all know we need more people like that? But it's not about their gift that makes people love them so much. You may have been served by them in our growth track. What makes people love them so much is the health they bring to using their gift. The life-giving nature, the love, the unconditional love and service that they give to others, the ability to be consistent in an inconsistent world, they offer that. You say, why are you talking about that? Because I want to be more like the Ryans. I get inspired by people like that. And I know some of you are like, wait a minute, Jeff, you're telling me to discover my design means I got to go down this like humility path, like people, people different than me. I don't know if I want to do it. Well, the reason I put their kids up there is I would offer to some of you, would you do it for your children? Would you do it for your grandchildren? Because just using your gift, you may think, man, I used my gift. I offered everything to my legacy. What I offered was my gift. But if you don't bring health to your gift, there's not much to transfer that can outlive you. Because I love their children being involved because they're just keying off of the way their parents use their gift and the way their parents think about people and the way their parents serve others. The second thing is because comparing your gifts to others and blaming people won't help you discover your gift. Notice what the scripture says over here. It's, it's not just about your gift, it's about health. Love others deeply. The next verse here tells us, offer hospitality without grumbling. You say, I still don't know my gift. Well, can I encourage you with something? To discover your gift, you can't take the victim route. You can't take the, well, somebody needs to. It's gonna require some hard work. It's gonna take you getting your hands dirty. It's gonna take you developing it. It's not gonna just come. It's not just gonna fall out of the sky. Anything in life worth having is gonna require a little bit of painful getting your hands in the dirt a little bit and not comparing it to anybody else or just saying someone else needs to do this for me. 
you have to, without grumbling, offer your gift. Wouldn't that be amazing in our world? It's like less grumbling, more offering of gift. I like the Bible. Less complaining, more offering of the gift. I love this story because you could listen to the world right now and just think there's no hope and everything in the world is bad. But I want to tell you a story that tells me there's still good things happening. I love this story. James Hudson is a man in our church who several years ago got a burden for mowing single mom's lawn. He and a team of people began to mow single mom's grass, began to mow the grass of widows. He heard about a young man named Logan. This story inspires me. This is what we need more of. James isn't sitting around going, man, it's just everything. No, no, no. What he did is he heard Logan, who is in a single parent household, wanted to know how to mow his grass, but he didn't have anyone to teach him. He didn't have anybody to tell him how. So James went and bought a lawnmower and went over to his house, taught him how to put the gas in the lawnmower, taught him how to put the oil in the lawnmower, taught him how to mow his grass. I'm sorry I'm preaching because look, this is what we need. This is what we need. He showed him how to mow a stripe. Don't mow over your foot. That's what my dad used to tell me all the time. No, when you're pulling it back, because you know every young guy wants to walk behind, you know, because it goes against the grain, baby. <sighs> Run up on your foot. Don't mow over your foot. And yet James, again, shows up. And now there's this 14-year-old young man at a house with some deficiencies who now has taken ownership of some things in his life so he can steward what God's put in his life. Let's offer it. Offer it. The third thing is because self-indulgence will keep you from growing in your gift. Some of you say, I still haven't found my gift. You gotta get outside yourself a little bit. It says, use whatever you have. Can I get on my soapbox for a minute? I'm going to anyway. I am not condemning people at on, on, that are still online. I'm not. I'm not talking about anything related to where we're at. Can I just say as a pastor, I'm concerned about the health spiritually of people in our culture right now. Because not, I know there's things we can't control, but we have gravitated into not just removing ourselves so that we don't catch a disease. We have gravitated into self-indulgence to such a degree. This has fostered an environment. Look, y'all are like, man, he's a prude. Look, I love to have fun. I love to go to the lake. I like a vacation if the beach is not closed. But let me just tell you, we have remodeled our kitchen areas. We have remodeled our stuff. We have self-absorbed ourselves. We've bought every wake boat in the Metroplex. We have gone to the lake. The lake is full. And I, we need a little bit of lake. But when you live for months in self-indulgence, there is no surprise that every counselor is full. Suicide rates are up. Prayer requests to the church are, I'm filled with anxiety. I'm filled with depression. I don't know, have any hope. And let me tell you why. You're not made to live in self-absorption. You're not made to live. After a while, for a little while, it feels good. And after a while, it's like, I feel like throwing up. And you can't find your gift there. You can't use your gift there. I'm gonna show you one of my friends, Dale, who for 10 years almost has served on our production team. 
I, this is not just some random person I picked out of the church. He helps us on our production team, and I'm on the team that helps produce surfaces every week, and Dale has used his gift. His whole family serves. He shows up faithfully. He's always the one we can count on. Dale's an IT manager, and I know a lot of you, when you say, well, you start highlighting people's gift and they serve on this team, you're trying to fill vacancies, Pastor. I know why you're preaching this. I know, I got it. I've been around this. You're trying to fill volunteer holes. No. We don't need a lot of volunteers right now because everybody's at virtual church. I don't even know where everybody's at. Isn't it great to have a little moment where you can preach the Bible where they're not going, I know why he's doing it. I know, I know. No, you need it. You need it. Dell is a healthy person because he uses his gift. He serves. He's not self-absorbed. I love it. He's got a great attitude, shows up. And you know what else? Here's what I really believe. It's not about filling holes at the church. It's even about you using your gift in the marketplace, in the real world. I believe when you use your gift for the kingdom of God, sometimes that involves at church or in the building, you get better even at what you do every week because you have to serve people who don't work for you. You can't send an email that says compliance is not optional. Try that on a volunteer worship team. If y'all don't show up, we're kicking you out. They'll be like, good, we were leaving anyway. It's the end times. No, you're a bad leader. Serve others, use your gift, get outside of yourself. Here's the power of what happens because your gift finds its greatest expression in connection with others. It says we're faithful stewards of God's grace. I wanna be very clear for a minute. You, if you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the power of the Holy Spirit's in operation in you. You have the truth of the word of God. You bring the life of Jesus wherever you go. Wherever you go, you bring that life. You bring that grace. You're ambassadors for him. But I think we miss some of the understanding of the exhortations of the New Testament. Go read them. How many times we're encouraged? Look, you need to think about the fact that you're part of this greater body, that we're in this together and we do this together. And why? What happens is, yes, I can bring Jesus as Jeff Little anywhere in our community, and I do. But when I have you, when you have me, when we have each other, there's a fuller expression of Jesus that people see. That's what it's saying here. When we do this stuff, like when we love each other deeply, when we offer hospitality without complaining, when we use our gift and we serve others in these, the the grace of God is shown in various forms, the manifold wisdom of God. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. Heard a story about a guy, a forest in our church. This stuff's happening all the time. Small group leader told me this story this week. I thought that, that, that's what we're after right there. Forest comes to a small group. His small group leader is explaining to him some of the stuff that we do. We can't do all of that right now and it's okay. We're just gonna keep taking steps together. It's all good. But he was explaining to him, here's why people park the cars and here's why people are at the door and when we could shake hands, we used to shake hands, but we can't shake hands now, but one day we will shake hands and then we're gonna hug everybody when this is all over. We're just gonna go around, have one big Sunday where all we do is hug people. (laughs) It's just gonna be like hug Sunday. And the reason we show that, we wanna show people love. And back when we had the good coffee, and I don't know, I think we had good coffee for a week and then they cut that and now we're back to bad coffee, it's drip. Sorry, you just have to do it. Suffer for the Lord, the devil stole it. <laughs> but, but I'm saying, they were, they were telling this guy Forrest, 
all about this because he gave his life to Christ here. Remember, that's what the goal is here. It's a heaven or hell issue. And so he gave his life to Christ here, not knowing about all this Jesus stuff. And his small group leader was explaining to him, here's all this stuff that these people do to serve you. And he's like, which one of them led to you accepting Jesus? He said, all of it. All of it. All of it. Why? Because it becomes a beautiful rainbow and a guy like Forrest who doesn't know all this insider church stuff goes, wow, the way these people love each other, the way these people serve each other, the way these people walk out their faith, they must really believe what they're preaching. And people like Forrest's lives are changed. So can I encourage you right now? If you don't know your gift, you may be thinking about it more technical than relational. And even if you know some of the things I'm saying, you may have been trapped in a paralyzed place going, what do I do? Just do 1 Peter 4, 8 through 11. Let me pray for you. If you're watching online or you're in this room, you say, look, I don't know Jesus. This Jesus you're talking about, I wanna know my gifts. I wanna know my purpose. I wanna know my calling. By the way, life is really life when you understand who Jesus is in your life and he comes to save you. You could not, you may not know this Jesus, you could not earn your way to God, you could not make it happen, you couldn't be perfect enough. You may have seen this image of Jesus on the cross and thought it's a religious symbol, actually, it's a picture of his love for you, it's a payment for the sin that you've committed and it's a payment that you could never pay Jesus gave his perfect life for your imperfections. That's the story of the message of Jesus. He died for you. When you were enemies of him, when you were separated from him, he came to you. And now also the thing that separates Jesus from every other religion, he's not saying adhere to these standards, adhere to this religious protocol and I'll accept you. No, he's alive today. He rose from the dead, he defeated death, hell, and the grave, and he wants to have a relationship with you. You say, Pastor, what do I do? You simply say yes to him. You say, Jesus, I realize that I have missed the mark, I've made mistakes, but I know you paid the price for me. I want you to come into my life. You make it your own words. I wanna have a relationship with you. I want you to come in and save me. And I wanna walk out my purpose in you. If you prayed that prayer and you, even if you have questions about that prayer, I wanna ask you to reach out online or in this room, reach out to someone. Tell us if you prayed the prayer because we wanna help you in your journey. And if you're saying, I still have questions, we wanna help you too. But second of all, I wanna pray for all of us. Lord, right now I pray for all of us that we would let love each other deeply lead. We would offer hospitality without grumbling. Lord, we would use and steward and give of our gift to serve others in our world today. Lord, that we might display your power. I pray, Lord, right now that your word would even transform our lives, bring humility into our lives, bring grace for others into our lives. Help us see our world through your lens. Lord, we thank you today that you are changing us and growing us and bringing us in to everything that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. 
If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out by texting us at 817-406-7470. Our team would love to pray with you and help any way that we can. If you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.